All right. Good morning, everybody. So uh, how's it going? Welcome back to the Cancel Podcast. As usual, it's uh, me, Jay, uh, Jay Sirod. I got my co-host with me, Elliot Palutes, the philosopher scholar. And then we have a special guest today, uh, Mr. Justice Rain, someone that uh, is a good friend of mine. We go way back. And um, today we're going to just chat it up. So today's episode is mostly going to be on trans people as well as the different genders that are out there. So um, I want to start it off with just um, some definitions that I came across for both. We can kind of discuss those, see what everyone's opinion is on that. So in terms of the definition of gender, I have it brought up as a, so there's two definitions. One is the traditional one, which is either of two sexes, male and female, when referencing social and cultural differences that are associated with the natural distinctions of sex. And then I came across a second one that's been more expanded upon to address all the different uh, genders out there in the world. So it's um, a range of identities that do not correspond to the only the established ideas of male and female. And then the World Health Organization refers to the socially constructed characteristics of men, women, such as norms, roles, such as decision making and financial familial responsibility and the relationships of and between groups of women and men. And then when defining sex is generally refers to the biological differences between male and females, such as the genitalia, genetic differences, and then it goes into the chromosome count with the X and Y chromosomes. And lastly, the definition of transgender, non-binary, gender non-conforming is generally referred to when a person's genetically assigned sex does not align with their gender identity. So in terms of those three definitions, I know it was a lot. What are either of your thoughts on what those represent and how do you feel about those specific definitions? Hmm. It's a lot, I know. So I don't know if you guys just want me to um, jump in here. Um, so for me, um, I'm gonna just, you know, let your audience know I am transgender, I am, uh, female to male, um, transgender. Um, I personally identify as male, um, but I know that some people, you know, who are transitioning will prefer to identify as, you know, trans man or trans woman, um, whichever transition mm -hmm. they're taking a part of. Um, personally, with, with gender, I think that gender is a spectrum. Um, I think it's more based on identity. I don't think it has anything to do with your, your sex. Um, you know, gender is something that people, it's something that people do, right? It's it's how you express yourself. It's how you um, allow people to engage with you, your personality, whatever it may be, the way you dress, right? Um, just because I dress in a masculine form or what is considered a masculine form, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a masculine person, right? My personality could be um, completely the opposite of what, you know, my dress looks like. So gender, um, is not really something that is based, or at least in my opinion, it's not really something that's based on, you know, a person's physical. It's really based on, you know, um, how they identify themselves, features, or the way they talk, um, you know, the way they dress, the way they act, the way they maneuver throughout their day. Um, that's what gender is. It's an expression of, you know, yourself. Um, whereas sex is, you know, we can go into it being some sort of, you know, biological thing. Obviously, we know that biologically they're only you know considered two sexes which is male and female you know based on your genitalia and what you're born with um but in reality um sex can be 
you know, many things. Like I know that, you know, like I'm, I'm transgender, right? So my sex can, it's transgender. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, I know what I was biologically born as, but regardless of that fact, I'm changing, you know, so some of my body parts are different from others. So um, my genitalia may not match my physical face features or vice versa, right? So I think that sex, people need to realize that sex and gender are two different things. Um, and once we kind of get that down, it'll, it'll kind of be easier for people to kind of um, understand what being transgender is, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ellie, do you want to add on to that as well? Uh, well, yeah, it was just uh, something I thought was really interesting was that you said you identify as male. And mm -hmm. uh, I know that I think there's often the distinction when they say there's biological sex, which is male or female, and then there's gender expression. And I, I think you said it really well, which is like, you know, you are a, a, like a biological sex, but how that expresses itself in society, that's what's, you know, a little more vague, a little more nebulous. But, but yeah, would you say that you want to uh, identify as male? I, I do identify as male. Um, and I say that because, so me transitioning from female to male, um, it wasn't some like split decision, right? It was something that I, I felt you know, pretty much all my life. Um, when I came out as transgender, um, I wrote this really long letter to my family expressing to them, you know, how I felt um, growing up and, you know, how it was very difficult for me to understand, you know, why they were calling me a girl and why, what I felt on the inside, right? And so it took a long time for me to get here. Um, but I definitely identify as male because it's just who I am. It's, it's what I know on the inside of me, right? Like, my physical features, like I've already had top surgery. So, um, and you know, that's just not to say that every transgender person has had the proper surgeries. I personally have had some of my surgeries. So um, it makes it easier for me to, you know, identify the way I want to in the world, right? But um, me identifying as male, it, it's just what's inside of me. It has nothing to do with, you know, how I dress or how I talk. It's just how I feel on the inside. And so I needed to alter myself to make sure that I felt whole as a person, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. One, one thing I wanted to add on to that too. So like um, in terms of the um, like pre-op versus post-op um, discussion, is there any kind of differences in your, <clears throat> in your opinion in terms of what is considered a uh, transgender or like what is considered um, a proper representation of a, of a trans person in terms of like pre-op versus post-op or is it all kind of like welcomed as one? Because as you mentioned, it's like a feeling that you've had all your life. It's not necessarily something that's, because some individuals, they definitely feel like it's more of like a spur of the moment kind of thing or, or um, some individuals will say like confused, things of that nature. Um, I don't think that, you know, transgender people have to, you know, conform to anything. I think that people should be, you know, who they want to be. I think that people should, if you're comfortable in your skin and you want to identify as transgender, that's perfectly fine. If you feel like, you know, you're pre-op and you don't need to have surgery, then, you know, that's definitely, you know, a personal choice because um, the thing about having surgery, right, is, is that you're putting your body through, you know, a sort of a stress, right? Mm -hmm. um, something for me personally, it, it was definitely hard to, you know, make these decisions about surgery because, you know, although I know what I feel on the inside, right, I know, although I know who I am mentally, right, spiritually, all those things, physically, um, I've been in this body all my life, you know what I mean? So, you know, to part ways with something that 
although it makes you uncomfortable, it's still a part of you, right? So it's, for me, it was, man, how do I, how do I now navigate or how am I going to navigate, you know, without these body parts that I'm used to, right? These body parts that I've been in, I'm 33 years old. So, you know, these body parts that I've been in for 30 plus years, and then, you know, trying to now navigate a new, right, new body, right? So sure. it's, those decisions are hard. They're not a, at least for me, it wasn't a split second decision on whether I wanted to have this surgery or not. Um, it was something that I had to take a long time to think about because I, I needed to make sure it's irreversible, right? I needed to make sure that this was the way that I wanted to go. And not all transgender people feel like they need to have surgery. They don't feel like they need that confirmation. Um, and that's perfectly fine. I think that, you know, a lot of times because of the norms and what people think a man should look like or a woman should look like, people, you know, kind of put these constraints on people of, you know, if you don't look like this, then you can't identify as that. Or if you don't dress like this or talk like that, you can't identify either way. But that's the, really not the way it is. Again, gender isn't a form of expression of your identity, right? So if you don't feel like you need any confirmation surgery, then I don't think you should do it, right? I don't think that you should feel or a person should feel like they have to conform to what society is saying their body should look like because really no one really understands what that is like to kind of say unless you're a transgender person you'll never really understand what it's like to say am I going to cut this part of my body off right to sure, just yeah. feel complete or to feel whole right um so when people you know sort of look at you know for example a trans man and he may still have you know um his breasts are full of breasts right you don't want to put them in a space to say, oh, that's not a man because he still has X or, or a certain body part, right? Because right. if you do that, then you're kind of forcing them to go through. Um, it's like checklisting what, people. Yeah, what could be something that can be considered a, a traumatic experience for someone, right? Surgery is not an easy thing. So I, I definitely don't think that people have to um, conform their bodies to what society thinks that identity should look like. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if there's like, I know it wasn't any one thing, but was there an experience you had that was very intense where you felt like, oh, I, I can't just go with the other girls. I can't just live a woman's life. Um, I want to say it was a combination of multiple experiences. I, I don't want to really pinpoint one experience. I can say over the time in my life, it was very hard. Like I played sports growing up. Um, it was always very hard for me to, you know, be in the locker room and sort of undressing in front of, you know, other girls. It was always hard for me. For a long time, I didn't use the restroom in public because I, I you know, I didn't feel comfortable. I would always wait till I got home because it was just always uncomfortable for me. Um, obviously before, I'm not gonna say obviously, but before I transitioned, um, I identified as a lesbian, right? Because I lived my life um, so long, you know, identifying as female because I didn't even learn what transgender was until, you know, my late 20s. And so for me, I was stuck in this space of being forced, I guess you would say, to identify as a, as a masculine lesbian, right? Um, or what, you know, in the LGBT community we call like a stud or like, some sort of aggressive female, right? And so because of that, it was uncomfortable to be in the bathroom with, you know, feminine women or, you know, natural born women who sort of look at you like, yo, this person's really, you know, really aggressive, really masculine, why is this person in here? And 
Um, for a long time, even before I transitioned, um, I would get mistaken for a male anyway. So imagine going into a public restroom, right, with a bunch of women, and then in a split second, they think you're a man walking in, right? That's, it's so uncomfortable, not only for me, but it's uncomfortable for them as well. And I try to eliminate that um, uncomfortableness, not only for myself, but for them as well. And so in order for me to do that, I just stopped using the restroom in public, right? So those are things that um, transgender people or that me personally, I experienced, but I know other transgender people experience as well. Right. Yeah. I, I was, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, just, uh, I wanted to ask you about that because I, I was reading a little bit more and I, I found out this is a big problem for the community, right? It's called mm -hmm. the bathroom problem, which is, yeah, which bathroom do you use? And I don't know, uh, have you started to use the men's restroom or? I have. Um, I actually have been using the, the men's bathroom for a long time, believe it or not. Um, I think I want to say I maybe started using the men's bathroom maybe two or three years before I transitioned. Um, and the reason why is because, like I said, it was just a lot easier for me to, you know, go into a restroom where there were other masculine identifying people in the restroom, right? Um, and so when you go into like, gay clubs or um, clubs that are, you know, comfortable with the LGBT community, right? You sort of don't have this boundary of the women's bathroom and the men's bathroom, right? We kind of all just kind of use whatever bathrooms available. And because of that, right, it kind of allowed me to get into the habit of just going into the male bathroom or the men's bathroom, whatever bathroom I wanted to, because I realized like, yo, people are just trying to use the restroom. Like no one's in here trying to, you know, look at no one. No one's in here trying to, you know, um, make anyone uncomfortable. I just want to, you know, use the bathroom, something that's natural to every human body, whether you're male, female, you know, non-binary, whatever, however you identify, people just want to be able to use the restroom, right? And so I kind of had to just tell myself like, man, just go to the restroom, get in and out and, and that's it. But there is also the other side of that, that that's dangerous, right? For trans men and trans women, right? Because um, I have walked into men's bathrooms before, you know, before I had surgery or anything like that, or before I had facial hair. And, you know, I've had guys, you know, stop me and look at me and say, you know, you can't be in here. Or um, they look at me with this sort of, you know, disdain or this disgust, you know, because I'm not presenting as what they think I should. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I don't not the, not the societal uh, definition. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, in those instances, you know, there are stories of, you know, trans men being, you know, raped by, you know, cisgender men or, you know, trans women being, you know, beaten because of these things. And mm -hmm. so I got to a point where I had to decide, you know, whether my safety was, you know, a, a factor in this. And um, so I would try to not use the bathroom in public if I could but then it got to a point where I just if I had to go to the bathroom I just had to go and if I did have to go I would just use the male bathroom now because of how I look I can you know just walk into a men's bathroom and no one's going to say anything but um you know that's not the case for everyone I'm you know right. blessed to be able to you know have the features that I have right now so right yeah I actually want to touch on that a little bit too because um I was also looking into like the bathroom issue and it seems like historically the um, the family restrooms is also like a good alternative 
that would also provide like some form of safe space um, for trans individuals because from there it seemed like there was no sense of judgment, no sense of um, being forced to, to conform in any way. And I right. think we've seen the evolution of that with the gender non-conforming restrooms as well. And even with those, it's like there's a lot of pushback on both sides, like some saying we're for it, some say that we're against it. But it seemed like that's like a unique issue in itself to really embrace trans people as the people that they are. Right. So it's very interesting. And like, I'm, I'm glad that you actually like uh, uh, mentioned your stories about that as well, because, you know, it's something that I've never really had to deal with at all in my life. It's more so like I go in, I go out and there's no judgment or anything like that. But um, even even having the burden of taking on, making sure that yourself is comfortable as well as the other individuals in the restroom, that's such a, it's such a heavy burden to live with, you know? Because you said like you would go in um, to like the women's restroom and then now you have to worry about yourself being comfortable, but also trying to figure out a way to make everyone else comfortable. And and you or no one else should have to have should have to carry that kind of burden. Right. And, you, I, you know, I appreciate, you know, saying that we shouldn't have to carry that type of burden. And, you know, I, I definitely agree with you. No one should have to, you know, decide whether they want to use the bathroom or not, if they have to go to the bathroom, you know. Right. <laughs> um, but I also understand, you know, what comes with the identity of who I am as a person, right? And I also, um, because I live so long, you know, as a female, I understand, you know, what that is like for, you know, we live in a time right now where we think about like Me Too and stuff like that, right? And so we consider that a lot of women are, have been placed in, you know, uncomfortable situations with men, right? And so when, myself as a you know masculine appearing person you know walks into a restroom full of women where they feel like that's their safe space with other women right I have to consider the fact that these women may have had other experiences that you know kind of put them in a space where they don't want to be you know in that vulnerable space of you know yeah. like a, almost like a reminder of yeah. like situation yeah exactly and having to you know use the restroom and expose their body parts with you know, someone who they can't really tell whether, you know, this person is male or female, right? That that makes them uncomfortable. And so I see it from both sides. I'm not saying that it's it's right either way. I'm just saying that I understand why it may be difficult for some people to accept that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but, I, but I do, I do think that people have to start looking at it as just you know, people just want to use the bathroom, right? People just want to relieve themselves. If people kind of get this, you know, idea of, you know, aggression and, you know, um, rape and uncomfortableness out of their minds, um, they would, you know, see that, hey, this is just another human being that just wants to relieve themselves and going about their day. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can get to that point. Um, I know we're not there yet, but hopefully we can. Yeah. Mm. you're very understanding and and that's nice um because i think that i find it really weird that for a lot of people the counter argument is about male aggression and male sexuality and uh they're saying men would take advantage of this and you know like there's something just kind of weird there something off right and so and, and i agree with you when people have to think that you know automatically some sort of you know, aggressive situation is going to take place or some sort of, you know, they look at this like, you know, uh, rape or, you know, 
something like that, some sort of assault is going to take place, right? And most of the time, like, you know, being a part of the community, right, the LGBT community, um, let me say LGBTQ+, um, it, it's oftentimes, a lot of us have experienced some sort of trauma that, and I'm not saying that all of us have experienced like sexual trauma or anything like that. I'm just saying most of us have experienced some sort of type of aggression that makes us not want to be aggressive towards other people, if that makes sense. Like, right? Like, mm -hmm. whether that's somebody staring at us, whether that's somebody ridiculing us in some way for being who we are, whatever the case may be, right? Most of us just want to kind of be ourselves and go on about our day. Um, and so to assume that, you know, we would go into a bathroom and sort of, you know, engage in some sort of assault or some sort of crazy activity is is nuts and I, I don't think that most men I don't think would take advantage of that type of situation because most men you know don't even want to be in a, a women's bathroom like if you really knew what took place in a female's bathroom most men wouldn't want to go in there right like <laughs> right. like think about it most men are they don't even sometimes want to be in a group setting with a bunch of females right so why would they want to go into a women's restroom right um, you have those specific type of people, you know, who have those type of issues of, you know, um, rape and stuff like that, where they want to commit these crimes. But, um, you know, that's rare in a form of, in a sense of like most people who are assaulted, they're assaulted by someone they know, not not a random stranger. You know what I mean? But people in the LGBTQ plus community are mostly assaulted by random people. Right. So when we look at the safety aspect, it's it's more so our safety that's that's at risk and not the safety of the, you know, biological sex person in the restroom. Right. No, that's true. Agreed. So um, Jay, one thing that you brought up that I actually wanted to talk about, too, is like in addition to the restroom issue, it seems like another issue is revolving around sports. So um, even with Biden and his recent executive orders, people are. Um, and I've heard this from close friends. Uh, I've seen articles about it. They say that this could lead to the, the end, quote unquote, the end of female sports, because they think that trans women would have a superior advantage versus biologically defined women. And my understanding from the research that I did, they already have like hormone regulations, hormone monitoring, things like that to make sure that everything is like uh, within a uh, related range on in terms of like competitive level, but what are what are your thoughts on that? Like, what are your thoughts on their interpretation of it versus what it really is in terms of sports? Um, so me growing up playing sports, right? I grew up mainly playing with with guys in sports, right? Mm -hmm. um, when I started playing basketball, a lot of girls didn't play basketball, and if we did play basketball, we played basketball with the guys on the court, right? We didn't play against each other. Um, and this is, I mean, I started playing basketball elementary school, like six years old, you know, yeah. so, um, and, you know, playing football with, you know, my cousins in the front yard and they were all male. So, um, you know, when you, when you look at the evolution of sports, most girls started off playing with um, males. They didn't start off playing with females, right? right. Um, and yes, I understand that, you know, Trans women have, you know, genetically, they have, you know, stronger physiques, they have, you know, um, testosterone in their bodies that make them, you know, a little bit stronger. But like you said, there, there are regulations put in place already on female athletics, right? There are so many women 
um, even in like um, the Olympics. So many women get disqualified because of naturally high levels of testosterone, right? Um, even uh, I think there was the runner from Brazil, I think they wanted to strip her gold medal because her testosterone levels were higher and her physique was, you know, she was more, had broader shoulders, you know, she was more toned, but she is biologically natural born woman. She mm -hmm. just had natural high levels of testosterone, which is sometimes the case. It's, you know, hormone levels are not something that, you know, can be controlled unless you're on medication, right? And even me on my medication, sometimes my levels shoot through the roof and then sometimes they're really low, right? So, and that's in an, any natural born person. And so when I look at it with sports, I think that I can understand why people are concerned, right? They don't want, you know, women getting hurt, right? With so-called, I don't want to say so-called because trans women are women. So I don't even want to put them in the category of men. Right. Um, but you know, in the in the scientific or biological realm, yes, this this is naturally a man, right, or or physically a man, um, if they have not had any alterations or you know any HRT therapy, anything like that. And you know, for people who don't know what HRT is, it's hormone replacement therapy. So um, when you look at it from that perspective, I can understand, you know, not wanting to. what's the word I'm looking for? I don't, I don't, I understand that they don't want that sort of division, right? They don't want to yeah. um, make biological females or cisgender females feel like they're now incapable of competing against, you know, a transgender woman or competing against this person because they have some sort of advantage. But in reality, they don't have an advantage. I know a lot of women right now who can beat any man on the street in, in sports, whether it's basketball, football, you know, tennis, anything, right? Mm -hmm. I know a lot of women who can compete against men at a very high level and they don't complain about getting fouled or anything like that. It's just a part of the game, right? And when you play sports, when you play things like basketball and football, you build up a certain level of muscle, you build up a certain level of tolerance in your body to where certain things don't hurt you, right? For example, Fouling LeBron James is not the same as fouling Steph Curry, right? Like it just, it's not the same, right? It, it Physically, it just, it isn't the same. What Steph Curry feels, LeBron may not feel, but it's like that for females too, right? There are some yeah. females who are naturally six, seven, 200 and something pounds, right? And fouling them in the paint is not the same as fouling, you know, someone who was my size, a 5'4 point guard right? Like, it's just not the same. And it's just that way across the board. And so, although I can appreciate where they're coming from, I don't think that it really makes a difference because competing is competing regardless. You know what I mean? Like, you have to compete at the highest level regardless. So no matter who you're playing, you're going to give it your all, right? And if you lose, you lose. That's just a part of the game. Um, I don't think that trans women have an advantage. I actually think they have a disadvantage because they're probably a little bit more timid. They're probably a little bit more um, uncomfortable in in their own skin and and one and not wanting to hurt someone, right? Or not wanting to. They probably don't even know their own strength, right? When I first got on testosterone, I didn't know my own strength. I didn't know my strength was gonna, you know, climb that high, right? I, I've always been strong, but I didn't know it was gonna climb that high, and I had to relearn my own strength. And so 
the same way I had to relearn my own strength, I'm pretty sure trans women can learn their own strength because their hormone replacement therapy is going to take away from their muscle build, right? It's going to eliminate some of those features. And so they have to, when, when regulating these sports, they have to understand that, you know, people are aware of their own bodies, right? People are aware of what they can and cannot do. And it doesn't matter, you know, what gender identity you have or, or what your biological sex is. Like I said, there are women in the WNBA right now. A man on the street cannot beat a woman in the WNBA in basketball. I don't care what you say. If you could be as good as you want, but these women made it to the league for a reason, right? So I just think that people need to consider that women are not afraid to compete at that level, right? I think this is more of people's own, um, you know, ignorance, I guess you could say, forcing them to kind of think in this box of, oh, girls can't compete against guys, but it's like. <clears throat> Don't rob me for so long. Okay, uh, we are back. Sorry about that little technical difficulties, uh, Zoom limit, time limit restrictions. So we are back. Um, so Justice, where we left off at, we were talking about um, trans individual in sports. So the one thing I want to bring up was um, so I'm a huge Dave Chappelle fan and um, one of his trans jokes, and I know he's a little controversial with these, was um, the LeBron James joke. Mm -hmm. So he was basically saying that he believes that there should be a separation between the NBA and the WNBA because if not, LeBron would go to the WNBA and score a thousand points a game. <laughs> he's LeBron, right? So um, based upon that, it also seems like the issue of sports is only exclusive towards trans women. Like, have you experienced any form of discrimination or any kind of views that kind of correlate more with trans men? Because like, in my opinion, it seems like, and this is just my opinion, it seems like one is more readily accepted versus the other. Like as a trans man, I guess it's more of like overcoming the, the biological man. So it's, it's considered like a feat versus right. with um, trans women, it's almost looked at as um, vilifying or some sort of um, cheating behavior. So like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, have you experienced that or what's your um, I, I think I think you're absolutely correct. I think that, you know, with trans men, it, it might be a little bit easier in sports. Um, and the reason why is because um, one, like sports is competitive, right? So being a trans man, if I, if I wanted to step on the court with other, you know, men, um, it would just be, me trying to compete at the highest level, right? It would just be me trying to prove myself that, you know, I'm just as good, right? Yeah. But even, you know, before I transitioned as a female playing with men, it was just me trying to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let you know that I'm just as good, right? So um, a lot of times, like with women in sports, um, a lot of females that play sports are, are masculine presenting, right? Or um, I'm not gonna say a lot of them, um, some of them are. Um, and so it's a lot easier for women to accept, you know, the masculinity of a person playing. So that's why I think that it's a lot easier for women to, you know, feel comfortable playing with men and, and not have a problem. Um, I think that if there is a problem on the other side with men not feeling comfortable playing with women, I think that's just their insecurity because they scared they might get, they might lose to a girl. Um, Destroy their you know, ego, the toxic right. ego. And so because of that, I think that, you know, like we were saying, I think that with trans women, it, it's so stupid because again, girls or women are used to playing with, you know, 
men all their lives. It's just what they did, you know what I mean? Or at least for me in my time growing up, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so when I look at it now, like even the joke about LeBron, it's like, you know, LeBron can go play with women in the WNBA right now. And some of those women are just as big as him. Right. People don't look at the fact that a lot of those women in the in the WNBA, some of those women are six, 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 seven. Right. Their physiques are just as big. They may not have as much bulk muscle, but it doesn't mean that the strength isn't there to play against someone like LeBron. You know what I mean? Like LeBron. Yeah, he may score 50, 60 points, but LeBron scores 50, 60 points in the in the NBA as well. So are you <laughs> saying that these men in the NBA are, you know, in some way inferior to LeBron? Right. So that means that they shouldn't play with him either then. Right. Because so by can, their logic, they should be drafted over to the WNBA. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of these men in the NBA, they respect the women in the WNBA because well, you know, it takes a skill to learn how to dribble and, you know, sort of shoot at a high percentage, right? The basket is the same. The court is the same, whether you're in the NBA or WNBA. The length is the same. Everything's the same, right? The only thing that may be a little different in the, in the NBA and the WNBA is the three-point line, right? Yeah. And even then, you got people like Steph Curry that can pull up from half court. Well, there are women that can pull up from half court as well, right? So are you? So I don't understand where the, the level of competition and where they think that level of competition is going to go away, right? Just because you kind of mix it, right? And I think that we see that now with understanding like when we have like women refs now and, you know, women coaches and, and football and basketball because they understand that it's just it's the IQ of the game, right? If you have the IQ of the game, it doesn't matter about your, your physical, right? If you have the skill, you have the IQ of the game, you're going to be able to compete at the highest level regardless, right? So I, I think that people have to recognize that, that, you know, again, it's, it's just competition. It's not, you know, life altering, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know, people, women can get fouled and get hurt. Men can get fouled and get hurt. You know, people tear their ACLs in the NBA. They tear their ACLs in the WNBA, right? They, it happens. You can get fouled You can take an elbow in the WNBA and break your nose. You can take an elbow in the NBA and break your nose. It's the same thing, right? The process is the same, whether you're male or female or whatever um, sex you are, right? So I don't think that people have to, you know, look at it that 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 deep, you know? I can, I can agree with that, actually. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Like, um, it's definitely a perspective that I get to look at now that's new to me. So I'm definitely going to start, like, thinking more about it. But I agree. Like, in terms of their logic, <laughs> it seems like everyone that's third-string NBA should be shipped off to the... <laughs> Right, the, like the, the, D, the D League in the in the in the NBA <laughs> definitely can't compete with the women in the WNBA that are you know starters right now that are dropping 35, 40 points a game. You know what I mean? They would still get thrashed in the WNBA or the NBA. It doesn't matter. Like they just they just didn't make it. You know what I mean? Like exactly. It's crazy, <laughs> it's crazy man. <laughs> So Elliot, did you uh, what was something that you wanted to bring up, Elliot? Because I know you said you wanted you wanted to talk about a, a certain topic as well. Oh yeah, well uh, no, there's there's a couple of things. Um, I mean, just following up on that, yeah, I agree. Uh, gender really seems like a spectrum, and so when you're zooming in on any one part and you're trying to like define something, mm -hmm. then uh, you, you know you see that there's a blend. Right. and there's exceptions and overlap and all that weird stuff because like yeah like 
Oh, another question is, well, what is the average testosterone for a woman? And what is their average estrogen? And what's an average estrogen and testosterone for a male? And those aren't obvious questions either. Right. And I, I agree with you. And like, you know, like I was saying earlier, sometimes like for me, like, like, for example, for trans men who are on testosterone, right? Not all of us are on the same dosage, right? And the reason why yeah. is because my my physical or what I was experiencing in my body, you know, before I transition is not the same as, as the next person transitioning, right? I may have had higher levels of testosterone naturally, or I may have had higher levels of estrogen. So my dose needed to be lower or higher, right? And it's the same for, you know, biological, you know, men and women, right? Some men just have naturally higher levels of testosterone. For example, LeBron's testosterone levels are probably higher than, you know, a Steph Curry, but it doesn't mean that Steph Curry can't compete against him. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that, you know, it, it, those are science, science in, in the medical field. That's why it's always advancing, right? Because nothing is the same for no one person. The only thing we can say as humans that we all have, we all have bodies, we all have limbs, we all have brains, we all, you know what I mean? We all have blood flowing through us. We don't, not all of us even have the same blood type. You get what I'm saying? Like, so when people sort of want to confine, you know, how people should look, how people should live, what, what can be here, what can be there? Yeah. Like, it, like you're moving all the gray areas. Yeah, you're, you're putting everything in life in a box and that's not the way it's supposed to be right everything is always supposed to be constantly evolving like when we even when we think about the world right it goes around the sun it's constantly rotating right so it would be stupid for us to think that we shouldn't be always evolving always changing right and even like i said the medical field it's always advancing like 20 years ago people maybe they were having you know um gender reaffirming surgery, right? Maybe they were, but may it's not as advanced as it is now, right? Everything always has to constantly advance. And so, you know, testosterone levels, estrogen levels, like they're always going to change, right? The, 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 the policies around things are always gonna change, right? They, they are now having to look at whether they have to up the level for women, right? Because of what's going on with, you know, th their stipulations on women who have too high levels of testosterone, but these are natural born women. Are you going to tell these women that they shouldn't be able to be involved in certain things because their body naturally produces something? How can they stop that? You know what I mean? So yeah. everything is always changing, man. And, and people need to realize that, like you said, it's, it's not a, just a simple black and white thing, man. Everything has a gray area, you know, and it took me a long time to learn that, but you know, the quicker we can understand that everything is not just as simple as what we think or see, then, you know, I think it'll be a lot easier for people to accept, you know, things like people being transgender, accept the community, you know, I think we wouldn't have so much hatred in society. Agreed. Agreed. One, one thing I want to, like, Elliot actually brought my attention to this topic is, um, are you familiar with, like, um, TERFs? Or have you heard of that? The exclusionary? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am, actually. Okay, so what is, what is, what is your opinions on that? And I, I would actually want um, Elliot to actually ask more questions on this too, because he introduced me to it. I was completely unaware until doing the research, but I had no idea that there was that select branch of feminism that's trans exclusionary. So, like, Elliot, can you kind of like provide a background and kind of lead us uh, on this yeah. one? Uh, I mean, you could think of it like get off my turf, <laughs> but it's uh, it's T E R F 
trans exclusionary radical feminists. So it's it's a new wave of feminists who reject that trans people are part of the LGBT community and essentially deny the trans experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's funny when I, you know, when you think about something like that, because when you think about, you know, feminism and, you know, women's rights and, you know, everything that they fought for, um, you would think it would be just as simple as, yo, we, we, we fought for rights, period, right, for women. And for people who like to say that trans women aren't women, trans women are, are absolutely women, right? Um, and so first we need to start there. Trans women are absolutely women. And when we have, you know, these sort of feminists who say, oh, um, these women shouldn't be allowed in, you know, a, a space where, you know, um, um, biological women or cisgender women are, are, you know, communing, it's almost like saying we, we only want rights, specific rights for a specific group of people. And that kind of leads back to them to saying like, then why are you fighting then? Then feminism really shouldn't exist, right? Because it's supposed to be this thing of, of uh, um, unity and empowerment. Right. Right. And so when you start to disempower um, other people based on your own beliefs or ideologies, then you're right back in the space of where you started. Right. Then that means mm -hmm. that everything that you fought for, you shouldn't be fighting for. That means that you that, that men who, you know, live in this space of toxic masculinity and stuff and the patriarchy, that means that all that should exist and feminism should not because rights are not just shouldn't be specific to one person yeah. or yeah, it one be selective right it shouldn't be right it shouldn't be subjective it should be objective right if people feel like like a trans woman should be able to go into a space with another woman and enjoy that feminine space regardless right no, no trans woman wants to go into a space where other women are and sort of make them feel you know any any less safe or comfortable right they just want to be in a space with other women where they can feel comfortable too because it, trans women i think have it harder than any other identity mm -hmm. uh, even me as a trans man i think that trans women have it harder and so when these feminine or these feminists come into play and they say you know we want to we wanted a safe space away from you know masculinity or we wanted a safe space away from you know um the male uh, the male identity and whatnot, but it's like these women don't identify as male. They're they're not male. A lot of them physically are no longer male, right? And so to say that they don't belong, it's like you might as well just say that no woman belongs in that space. You know what right. I mean? Like you can't just pinpoint a certain type of woman. If that's the case, then are you saying that certain type of women, like women who, what if, what if this is a, a natural born woman who, you know just doesn't she's a feminist and she wants to be in that space are you saying that because she dresses in a masculine form she shouldn't be invited you get what i'm saying like if, if it's all about the space and the space of femininity and being a woman then that means you're excluding other women too off the off the rip you know what i mean like you're not you're not saying that it's just trans women at this point you're saying that women who have some sort of masculine feature or some sort of um, identity that may make them not as feminine shouldn't be allowed in this space. Agreed. Like even I, I pulled some of the quotes that I came across while reading 
And it seemed because it seemed like they had very unique views on both trans men and trans women as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like for trans women, and this was per um, a group called Hate Across the Aisle. Um, and they said, we watched as doctors enabled irreversible damage to our daughter's body. We sat stunned as boys took away our sister's sports. And we wept that we wept that our lesbian friends poisoned their bodies with testosterone and attempt to appear male. And then regarding trans men, they say that they're really just um, foolish lesbian women attempting to identify out of womanhood or sex-based oppression. So, like, so hear, hearing both of those, like, what what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Because oh. <laughs> these individuals, they're real. They exist somewhere, they, and they also have an a, a following as well. Like, you know, yeah, they can yeah, get into the same it. space and empower each other to quote that stuff. Right, and you know. <laughs> You know, when someone looks at me and says, oh, you're just you're just trying to be male or you have this, you know, false um, false thought process of sort of thinking that you can at any point, you know, really be considered a man. You know, well, the fact of the matter is, you know, regardless of what they think, I am a man. Right. I'm, I'm wholeheartedly married. I have a wife. You know, she doesn't see me as anything less than her husband. Um my masculinity, and I'm not saying that masculinity makes you, you know, a man. I'm just saying that, you know, I've always been this way. Like, this is who I am. I'm, I'm not presenting as something that I'm not, right? Does that make sense? Like, I'm not just, even if I didn't have these physical features, I would still be this person right now. Exactly. I would still mentally and spiritually be this person, right? I've always been this way. And so, me, you know, altering things in my body or, you know, allowing myself to grow facial hair, things like that. That's just me sort of um, maximizing my experience as a man, right? There are a lot of men who want facial hair, right? Who can't grow it, right? So they put, right? They put, you know, chemicals on their face so their hair can grow right or they take supplements so their hair can grow right or there are a lot of men cisgender men who you know want to bulk up and so they go start taking extra doses of testosterone right the same thing it's it's not people look at it like it's just this it's sort of weird you know phenomenon that's happening in reality it's just something that's taking place right it takes place with cisgender men it takes place with cisgender women for example there are a lot of cisgender women who you know go to the gym and do butt exercises so they can have bigger butts or you know what i mean or it's about feeling right in your body right exactly it has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with wanting you know to psych people out or fake people out in some sort of way right it has, yeah yeah like i'm not i'm not trying to trap anyone like I don't, why yeah. would i do that like what how does that benefit <laughs> me you know what i mean to trap someone into what believing that you know i i one i never lie to people about who i am right i always tell people if people ask if i'm transgender i'll tell them right off the bat yeah i am but a lot of people don't even recognize that when they talk to me or when they meet me, right? It's not unless they know me personally, right? Then they might, then they'll know, right? But if not, then they don't know. They have no idea. So really, I'm not lying to anyone. You see me for what you see me as, right? And I am who I am, right? So there is no, you know, sort of 
entrapment or there's no let me psych you out or let me be fake right it's just who I am right so if that's the case then guys in the gym who want to bulk up shouldn't take testosterone and they should just kind of you know gain whatever muscle they can right but they want to look bulkier they want to get bigger what is the problem with that right Mm -hmm. who is harming it's not harming anyone why I don't understand why people have to be so you know hung up on you're, you're like a, a great person to ask this to because yeah, you, you, you've been in those communities, but this was like an argument I've heard that it, it did make me pause and think because yeah, what they're again saying is uh, turfs are upset often in the lesbian community because they think that many, well, they think that many lesbians are going to transgenderism because of internalized homophobia. Mm. so they think that they're running away they're like i'm not a gay woman because being a gay woman is really bad like my culture's told me that my whole life what i actually am is i'm a straight man because being a straight man is okay and that's what i am and like they're saying that's the gymnastics but it, it sounds like you're saying no that's a misrepresentation of me absolutely because you know it we all have our, our insecurities and our self-doubts, right? We, we experience that as, as human beings, right? Regardless of whether um, you're cisgender, transgender, uh, gender non-conforming, non-binary, whatever that is, we all have our own insecurities, our own you know, um, processes that we go through mentally of where we have self-doubt or, or we don't have self-doubt or we have you know, high levels of self-esteem in some areas of our, our ourselves and you know, other levels are really you know, low and, and insecure. And so, you know, to say that a lesbian who, you know, decided to transition um, has some sort of homophobia within themselves, like, one, it's hard to be either or, right? It's hard to be a lesbian. It's hard to be transgender, right? Agreed. Um, Agreed. Yeah. To be honest with you, it, it might be harder to, um, it, it's harder to be transgender in a, in a space of, I have to now let people know that you no longer can call me by this name. You no longer can use these pronouns. You no longer can't, right? I have to now guide people into how to address me, right? But being a lesbian, you don't have to do that. You might get some stares from people. Society may say you're wrong, right? And you may even get some sort of hatred on, you know, oh, like, that's wrong. You, you know, when you, they want to bring up the Bible, you're going to hell, whatever the case may be, right? But, you know, that's okay. Like, we, we when people come out, they sort of accept that that's the type of, you know, stuff that's going to come towards them. Right. They, they understand that that type of hatred might be, you know, um, geared towards them. But when you're transgender and when you decide to take that leap. It's a whole nother different realm of um, having to be self-confident. Right. Because I'm not I'm no longer in a space where mm, being a lesbian is OK. But, you know, some people may think it's not, but it's really OK. Right. Like a lot of people are OK with lesbians. Right. Um, but the moment you begin to alter yourself. The moment you begin to ask someone to say, stop seeing me as female and see me as male, right? They think you're trying to psychologically, you know, mess with them in some type of way. So that becomes a harder sell than I'm a lesbian. So if anything, 
me personally, I wish that I could have just stayed a lesbian, right? Like it was so much easier, right? I didn't have any um, homophobia towards myself. If anything, me making the decision was to transition was harder. Me making the decision to be a trans man is harder, right? It's it's harder for my mom to accept. It was easier for my mom to accept, you know, her daughter as a lesbian than her daughter changing and completely, you know, becoming a man, right? Like it. Could you imagine the 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 thought process that has to go into that, right? So no, I'm not trying to, you know, I didn't have any homophobia. I don't think being a straight male is is easier because in reality, I still don't have, I still have, um, you know, a female genitalia. So it's hard for me. I still have to go to the restroom and I can't stand up to pee, right? So it it's not easy, right? So to say that I'm out here you know, I had this hatred towards myself. So I'm trying to make it easier on myself. If I was trying to make it easier on myself, I would just stop being a lesbian altogether, right? And just go back to being a, a straight cisgender woman, right? That, that, would, that would be the more ideal or logical thing to do than to take it a step further and say, let me, let me go have surgery, right? Let me go change this for my body. Let me start injecting myself weekly so that I can alter my, you know, my fat and this, that, and the third, that that's stupid to do, right? To go, why would I go a step further into the darkness? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. was, or so-called darkness. If I have this much self-doubt and self-hatred, most people will want to step backwards, right? And most people will want to say, let me just get out of this completely and just stay over here and, and just stay in this uh, safe space. Let me not do the challenging thing, right? The challenging thing only enhances the insecurity. The easier thing lessens it. So why would, if that was the case, then I should be, I should have went the other way. You know what I mean? Mm. No, I see what you're saying. I, I mean, I think you're a, a, an honest, genuine person. And I think you spent a lot of time reflecting and really thinking. Um, yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> a lot of a lot of my friends, <laughs> I overthink a lot of things. Like I, I sit down like at the end of the night and I, I sort of reflect on my life and my day. And um, like I said, these decisions weren't easy, man. You know what I mean? These are yeah. things that they took a lot of thought. They took a lot of um, for me personally, a lot of prayer, a lot of, um, you know, communication with the people that mm -hmm. I love. It was mm -hmm. not something that just, you know, overnight I was like, well, cool, I'm a lesbian, but you know what? It's so much easier being a guy. So let me just go ahead and just step into this world. No, like, <laughs> why, why would I, you know what I mean? Like, why would any, any logical person like, and, you know, I guess this makes me want to bring up people thinking that, you know, uh, being transgender is sort of a mental illness. Like, I, it is not a mental illness. Like, I'm perfectly sane. I'm perfectly logical. You know what I mean? Like, I, so to think that I would just do something like this just to do it is, you know, that's the it's crazy on their part, ironically. Right. Like, why would someone do that? You know what I mean? Like, that's insane, man. It's crazy to think that way. Yeah. See, one thing I respect too is like, you definitely went above and beyond to make sure that you're comfortable with yourself. And I think that definitely shows both through our commentary here today and just for me knowing you, like knowing you like prior as well as like this new journey. Right. So like, um, one thing I want to ask, too, is like having both of those point of views. Um, what's it like? Because like, um, you know, you kind of get to see like both sides of the coin now. Like it's like you get to see two sides of the world that that I would only be able to see one side of, you know. So like, has things changed for you? Are there any like 
benefits? Are there like pros and cons? Like what, what has it been like for you? Um, yeah, there are pros and cons, you know what I mean? Uh, but there are pros and cons to everything, right? So, um, you know, every one experience is not going to be the same um, regardless, right? Like, so your experience, you know, as a male is, is probably completely different from Elliot's, right? It, it, it doesn't, no one experience is the same. Um, for me, yeah, I do kind of feel like I, I kind of got the best of both worlds, right? Like I knew what it, I know what it's like to live as a female. And so I kind of can understand, you know, um, a lot of my female friends a lot better. I can maybe understand my wife a lot better than, you know, most men can understand their wife. Um, but I also, even though, you know, I am a man and, you know, I grew up, you know, sort of this masculine person, all, most of my friends were male, you know, um, but I also had female friends too. But um, like I said, I played sports. I, I was engaged in different activities that, you know, all of my, most of my cousins are male. And so, you know, I was able to, you know, experience that with them at a younger age, but as a female, right? And so I think now, my experience now, I think that it's a, it's a lot harder on the male side because I'm now sort of coming into my own as a man a, a lot later in life than a lot of men do. Um, and so having that experience in the best of both worlds, I won't say that one gender has it harder than the other or one identity has it harder than the other. Mm -hmm. um, I just can say that for me, it's a lot, um, it's harder to sort of, right? We have this identity of what the male should, like society says, this is the norm. Um, you know, this is what, you know, men should do. This is how men should act, right? But I also have some feminine qualities about me because I spent most of my life as a female, right? And so those are things that sort of, um, when I'm in spaces with, you know, mostly men, it kind of puts me in a space where I have to sort of, um recognize you know that I'm, I'm I may be doing something that may um show me as you know being transgender right and not a lot of people like I said not a lot of people that encounter me they know unless you know I maybe say something that gives it away or um you know they ask me straight out or something like that and so when I say so what I mean is that sometimes I have to check my femininity because um, and it sucks, right? You shouldn't have to do that, right? You should be able to, you know, be who you are, but sometimes I have to check myself in those spaces because, um, not only for my safety, right. But be because, you know, most men grew up in this sort of toxic, toxic identity lifestyle, of, you yeah. know, they have, they can't tap into that feminine side. And so, you know, when I'm openly, you know, just being who I am and sometimes, you know, a feminine trait may come out. And I'm not, I don't mean like, when I say a feminine trait, I, I say something like, maybe I might, you know, my voice may change, right? It fluctuates, right? Because of my testosterone, sometimes my voice may fluctuate. It may, <laughs> a high pitch may come out at some point, you know, and then it's like, oh, what happened there? Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Like, oh, what happened there? But um, those sort of experiences, I, you know, I sort of embrace them. It's not like I'm scared of them. I embrace them because like I said, it allows me to see, you know, both sides. I sort of get the best of both worlds with who I am. And um, 
I think it sort of gives me an insight on life that a lot of other people may not be able to, you know, get. And so, um, Elliot, when you say things like, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I have a lot of understanding or I think a lot or, um, you know, I see things a lot differently. It's because I have, you know, both of those experiences, right? Wisdom mm-hmm. comes through experience, experience. And because I have those, you know, both sides of those experiences, I can kind of, I have a different opinion on a lot of things than other people, right? I have a lot of, I'm not, like I said, I don't get offended by a lot of things because I live a life where I, it's fairly hard to be offended, right? Because I am who I am, right? And I know that it's going to offend people at who I am. So people saying offensive things, it, it kind of really doesn't get to me anymore, like, right? Um, I know that I just have to live in my truth. And so living in my truth has been amazing, um, it has definitely taught me a lot about not only my character, but the character of other people. Um, but yeah, having experiencing the both sides of the coin is, it's awesome, man. I, I can't, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I feel sorry for people who can't have this experience. You know, a lot of people think that it's just some sort of, you know, I'm in misery all the time, but really I'm so happy, dude. Like I'm, I'm, I'm probably the happiest I've ever been. Well, transgender people are like natural ambassadors between <laughs> between the sexes, right? I mean, you yeah. understand a lot more of both sides and yeah. you could communicate between the two way better. Exactly, exactly. So like I, for example, like I'll, I can be with like, you know, a lot of my male friends, you know, they're, you know, they'll, they'll be talking about women and then I have to, you know, I'll, I can explain to them certain things, you know, like, hey man, like it's, it's not really like that. Or, you know, when they sort of, you know, <clears throat> Are, are speaking in this sort of toxic masculinity, you know, thought process, I have to explain to them, like, look, man, it's, that's not okay. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm going to tell you why it's not okay, because I have experienced being a woman and I, I know what it's like, you know, when, you know, that sort of toxic um, energy comes towards you, right? And so, and when I explain it to them, then, you know, they're like, whoa, like, I, you know, I didn't think about it like that. Like, you know what I mean? And I also have, you know, my female friends to where, you know, I can explain to them like, well, look, I I am a man, but I also, you know, obviously, you know, I live my life as a woman too, but I I have my male friends and I've been in circles with them and I understand how they talk. I understand how they think and why they think the way they do and, you know, where that comes from. And, you know, I'm able to break that down to them. And then it's kind of like, okay, well, yeah, like I get it. You know what I mean? It, It sort of brings a unification between both sides. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like when you say like two sides of, of, of the coin, right? I don't necessarily feel like I'm on one side or the other. I feel like I'm those little ridges in the middle of the coin. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Sides, right? make, it, make it sound like extra deep. You can almost say like you're the coin itself that holds both sides together. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. And so Ellie knows I'm good at, with the uh, analogies. So every yeah, now and yeah, yeah. That was that was the perfect analogy, man. Like you know, um, being the coin is is it's awesome. Like you know, um, I wish that a lot of people can experience it, but I know that, like I said, everybody has their experiences. Everybody has their journeys, and you know, this is just mine. And I was blessed to be able to, you know, experience both. That's how I look at it. But you would want to, right? Or would you? You would you would not want to be born uh, biologically male. You'd prefer to be born the way you are. You know what? I used to think about this question a lot. I used to say, you know what, man? I just I just wish that I was born male. I wish that I was just born with this body part. You know what I mean? 
And then I got to a point where I was like, man, it's it's actually kind of dope to know what what both sides are like, right? It's it's kind of yeah. it's kind of cool to understand, you know, how this body part works versus that body part. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's kind of I, I don't ever regret. Like I used to say that I wanted, to, I wish that I was born male. Now I, I'm so happy living in my truth that I'm so grateful that I was born the way that I was, right? Because Again, it allows me to see life in the world in such a different perspective than other people, man. And um, I'm just so grateful that I, I was I'm able to experience things the way that I'm able to experience them and see the way that I see them the way that I can because I, I think that it makes me a more humble person. Um, I think that it makes me an easier person to talk to to get along with. Um, I think that it makes my personality a lot easier to accept as well. Um, <laughs> And so I, I definitely don't regret or don't wish that I was born um, any other way. When I used to suffer really badly from dysphoria, which is um, what transgender people go through with their bodies, right? This, this, is, this body part is so uncomfortable that it's making me mentally, you know, it's mentally draining. It's, it's making me hate myself and have these insecurities. Um, I definitely used to say that, you know, but now being around people who love me genuinely for me, me being as happy as I am and, and able to sort of share my truth with the world, um, I definitely wouldn't want to take away from that experience, right? I, I think that I was born exactly the way that I was supposed to be born. And I think that I'm, you know, right here in this space because, you know, this was supposed to be my journey. I think that I was, I'm blessed to be able to, you know, be, or uh, that I was blessed to be born how I was born and then be able to, you know, medically transition to who I am. The so. experience like this journey, the one that you're on. Exactly. Actually, I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was a great question, actually, earlier too. Um, I would say one question I have, um, and then I'll see like if Elliot has one as well. Um, so like in terms of the biological men, biological women, has both sides been like very accepting or have you, or is there like um, a level of acceptance that comes with each one? Or for the most part, does it seem like the times that we live in is just overall much more accepting and understanding? Um, I don't think that, you know, one side is more accepting than the other. I've had experiences where I've, I've lost a lot of people, you know, female and male mm -hmm. um, because of who I am. I'm not going to say that everybody is or was easygoing or ex as accepting as, um, you know, I would like. Um, I think that I have people in my life on both sides who are, you know, who love me genuinely and who accept um, who I am. For example, I have my wife who met me, you know, people may not know my wife met me when I was still, you know, identifying as a lesbian. And now we're married and, you know, obviously I identify as male and, you know, I'm her husband. And so that's, that's one of the supporting, you know, factors in my life. But I also have friends who I've been friends with for years who no longer talk to me because I decided to transition, right? Um, because they didn't want to conform to, you know, altering pronouns and whatnot. And, you know, that was something that I was willing to live with, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't think that one side or the other accepts it either way. I think that people are going to accept you if they love you. And then so I think there's some people just have their beliefs and, and they just just they just can't conform to, to, you know, who I am as well. And 
that's okay with me too. You know what I mean? I never ever wanted to be in a space where I forced somebody to, you know, accept me. Um, the one thing I say is that, and you know, uh, people who know me know this is my quote that I say, you don't have to accept me, but you definitely have to respect me as a person, right? I love that. And if you can't respect me, then you have to get out of my space. And it doesn't matter who you are, because I what I will not do is allow you to disrespect me, my journey, who I am, my truth, right? Because of your own, I'm not going to say ignorance, but because of your own, you know, thought process or your own, you know, limited um, thinking. And, and that's fine. Not a lot of people can think outside the box, but what I can't do is allow you to disrespect me because if I allow you to disrespect me and who I am and my truth, then I'm disrespecting myself and I'm not doing myself, um, you know, justice by, you know, I can no longer say that I'm living my truth freely, right? I'm, I'm now conforming to you and I'm putting myself in a space to, you know, alter who I am just to be around you. And that that's not acceptable in any form, right? I don't, whether you're cisgender, transgender, whatever, you, you shouldn't conform yourself to, you know, other people's spaces, right? They, they should definitely just respect you for who you are. And so um, my experiences have been amazing with some people and, and bad with others. Uh, some of my aunts are just, they, they can't accept it, but I have other aunts who, who love it. Um, you know, I have some uncles who are amazing and they, you know, appreciate the fact that they have another nephew. <clears throat> I have some uncles who are just like, I, I don't want to talk to you. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. it's just who people are, right? It, those experiences come with whether it's family, friends, or, you know, just normal people in society. So I can't say one way or the other whether my experience with one sex or the other was, was equally bad or good. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, what I it is. I think one result of it too is it's really it brings people's true colors to light you know mm -hmm. so like even though you lost like here, here's the thing I would say it's like the individuals that you lost were they ever meant to be around in the first place then right because right. they're showing themselves as not the the people that truly care about you for you because like you said like you mentioned at the beginning <clears throat> we all have bodies but underneath like our spirit is so much more mm -hmm. you know and Absolutely. so if people aren't willing to see through whatever our body goes through and not get towards like the core of the person, I think mm -hmm. that shows like who truly cares for you versus who was there because you fit a certain mold, you know? Absolutely. And, and not everybody is meant to be in your life forever, right? Just because yeah. someone was in your life for 10 or 15 years doesn't mean they're meant to be in your life for 30 or 40, right? Yeah. Like not everybody you know, there are certain people that are going to last a lifetime, other people that are just going to fall off along the way, right? And those people were brought in, you know, there were certain lessons that were associated with those people, certain experiences that, you know, you needed to have. And me personally, whoever I did lost, it's, it's no love lost on my, it, who, the people that I did lose, it's no love lost on my part, right? It's, yeah. it's as simple as I know you were in my life for a certain period of time. I appreciate those experiences that we share. I appreciate being able to encounter your soul, right? and experience your energy on this earth. And um, now it, it was time for our, our energies no longer met, right? Our, our experiences no longer, um, we no longer needed each other, right? We, we had to go different directions in life and that's okay too. Um, uh, you know, those people, I wish them nothing but the best. You know, those are people that I, I still genuinely love from a distance, but I can no longer associate myself with them you know what I mean because again it's all about the respect level for myself you know and I would be doing people the people who do love me and the people who do genuinely care for me and see me for who I am right 
I would be doing them a disservice as well to say that it's okay for me to be around someone or, or still deal with someone who doesn't respect me or love me when these people are genuinely loving me and accepting me and giving me their all, right? Yeah. I'm basically, you know, telling them, hey, you can give me your all, but I'm okay with accepting half from this person as well. And that's never acceptable, right? I can't do them that type of disservice. I can't tell my wife, it's okay for you to love me with everything that you have, but I'm still okay with this person over here half-assed loving me or telling me that, you know, they can only, you know, call me by my name, but they can't use pronouns or, you know what I mean? Like that, all that, I can't do that. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm grateful for the people that, you know, are in my life, but I'm, I'm definitely never going to, you know, look at the people who left as sort of like, I hate you. No, you have to, you have to stick to your morals and your beliefs and, you know, your journey is your journey and you have to do what's right for you mentally, spiritually, physically, whatever the case may be. And, you know, as long as you respect the fact that that's what I'm doing for myself, then, you know, there's no love loss. We're all good. Do what you got to do, you know? See, well, one quote I like to live by as well, and this is uh, from the old Kanye, good Kanye, um, <laughs> was uh, people in your life for seasons, everything that happens is for a reason. It's mm-hmm. on, I um, heard him say, but I, I definitely live by that because, you know, people come and go, like, as you said, like people come and go into our lives freely. And some people make reoccurrences. Some people um, are there throughout, like no love lost, no moments lost. But it's like, as long as you're doing you at the end of the day, that's what matters most. It's like developing yourself, developing that journey and being your true self. And I feel like that's something that, yeah, like with with your unique journey, it's like, you're doing it well. Like, it's doing a damn good job. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. Elliot, uh, did you want to chime in real quick? I know, I know that there's one topic um, I wanted to cover before we go too, but. Um, Two more questions if I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, dude. Everyone's good on time, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I, okay. just, I didn't want to have this be my last question, but uh, well, pre-question. <laughs> have you heard of the YouTuber ContraPoints, uh, white trans woman? Um. Honestly, I, I see a lot of people on YouTube. I watch a lot of different YouTube pages. I may have come across her. Um, if I saw an image of her, I probably could tell you yes. Um, yeah. But if you can give me like some, is, is there? Uh, well, she has a great episode on TERFs and tries to like, uh, she's a philosopher as well. And she tries to break down the argument and present it uh, clearly and one of the questions was um, that she didn't have an answer to very much, which was, uh, yeah, you can't be a man or a woman unless you've had a boyhood or a girlhood. This is the hmm. turf argument. And so TERFs are saying you cannot be a man because you didn't have a boyhood. And that's critical. But I, I'm just curious, how would you mm-hmm. respond to that? I have a comment on that too after, after uh, Justice goes. I, I think that, you know, when you say a, a, a boyhood or a girlhood, it, it kind of, it's kind of funny to hear that, right? But uh, childhood is is childhood, right? Childhood experiences are, are childhood experiences. There, I don't know if there's a such thing as boyhood or girlhood. And the reason I say that is because when we're kids, as children, we, we sort of play with each other, right? Girls... Play with boys all the time. Boys play with girls. Um, it, it it isn't this 
barrier that, you know, our parents or society puts on us, right? When we're children, we're so innocent that it really doesn't matter what a person looks like. It really doesn't matter what a person sounds like, you know, none of that really matters when you're kids, right? You know, I grew up in a neighborhood where we all played with each other in the street. And I mean, it was maybe 20 or 30 kids playing with each other at one time and not one time did any one of us say you couldn't play because you're a girl or a boy or not any at any time did we say, oh, um, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm having a boyhood moment. Like, you know what I mean? Like a, yeah. a, a girlhood moment. I don't even know if those things exist. I think that, mm. you know, as we get older and as we start to conform to, you know, society and our environments and our parents and the constraints that these things place on us, then yeah, we absolutely begin to experience life in a different light, right? We, we begin to, you know, girls, puberty hits and, you know, girls experience life differently and boys experience life differently. But as children, adolescents, I think that we're all experiencing the same thing. We're all just wanting to play every day. We all just want to make sure we have food, right? And we want to see our friends and we don't want to go to school, right? Or if we do <laughs> want to go to school, we want to go to school to play with our friends, right? I think yeah. that childhood and, and we want to make sure that the people around us love us like we want we just want you know the people to love us and treat us good. I think that's the overall experience as an adolescent so you know to say boyhood or girlhood, you know, maybe that comes into play when you know puberty hits or you know as, as teenagers then absolutely maybe that comes into play but but really you know, I think there's a lack of understanding between you know um boys and girls in puberty because really the experience is almost the same right the only thing that is different in puberty between you know girls and boys is that girls get periods and you know boys uh begin to you know develop sperm and you know <laughs> you know start to you know go that direction but at the end of the day even during puberty right girls think about sex girls masturbate boys think about sex boys masturbate right um or, you know, we sort of come into this space where we have insecurities. Girls get acne, boys get acne, right? Those are things that, you know, girls sometimes they their breasts don't develop and boys sometimes don't get, you know, big muscles like other guys, you know what I mean? But at the same time, those experiences all have, you know, they stem from the same thing, insecurity, mm -hmm. right? What society says is supposed to be right or wrong, right? And, you know, our physical bodies are changing, our hormone levels are either going up or down. And so, you know, we sort of have to learn how to maneuver through those things. Those experiences are the same, although they look different physically, right? The the mental and, and spiritual yeah. uh, experiences. Like the foundation of them. The foundation, the core yeah. of them is the same, right? They, they stem from the same place. And so when we, as people, when we can start to eliminate the outer part of, of experiences, then we'll begin to, you know, understand things like, you know, yes, you can be a man without experiencing boyhood, or you can be a girl without experiencing girlhood, right? Because our experiences stem from the same exact thing, right? You can be a boy and a girl and both be completely insecure about yourself, or you can be a boy or a girl and have no idea, idea what your sexuality is, mm -hmm. right? those those things are the same right the one thing i can say that that may be different right and this is not to you know bring a race but it may the only thing i can say that may be different between childhood is that 
this black kid may have a different experience from this white kid, or this Latino kid may have a different experience from this black kid. And that stems from just from our cultures, right? But other than that, the, the experience of being an adolescent or a teen is the same. The roots of these things are the same. So, you know, to say that we can't, we can't be, I can't be a man because I didn't have a boyhood when all my life, all I did was experience the same thing as my male cousins. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. Like, it, you know, when you have a female who all she did was a, or a boy who all he did was experience life. He grew up around his sisters and all he did was experience life with females. You can't say that he didn't have an experience in girlhood. Right. He saw it for himself. Right. If he saw what his sisters went through, if he saw their experiences, then he experienced that with them, maybe on the outside. But he definitely experienced it with them. Mm -hmm. He watched them, you know, go through these things. And so. You know, I think that we just have to look at the root of where these experiences come from and not just look at it like, oh, a boy experiences this and a girl experiences that. So what? But they stem from the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. That's my perspective on it. I can, I can agree with you on that. The, um, so one thing I'll add on to that as well is like um, the just wanting to play to go see your friends. I will never forget. Like, I feel like this is my first adult moment ever was in a sixth grade and I realized there was no recess. I was devastated. <laughs> I was like, yo, tetherball, where'd it go? Yeah. <laughs> like, you tell yeah. me we eat, we sit at the table and just leave. I'm, I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah, like kids, kids just, the routine of being a kid, it's the same for most of us, right? Most yeah. of us, most of us got up, we had our parents and if we didn't have our parents, we had someone in our life that was taking care of us, right? And I'm not saying that some people didn't have, you know, bad experience where they didn't have people taking care of but most of the time as a kid, we just wanted to be around other kids. We wanted to eat oh. our junk food. We wanted to play games all day. <laughs> and that was it, right? That's the experience of being an adolescent or yeah. a toddler, right? Those, that's the experience. So, yeah. And you know, I feel like whatever we're looking back to it as adults now, too, because I love my yeah. girlfriend. I love exactly. <laughs> So, like, whatever experience you think that guys have that are different, that are so much different from girls, it's really not, right? And I, I, I say this to my best friend is a female, right? and obviously like I'm a man and like you know she sees me as a man we that's how we interact but I've always like I said I've always been this way right and so when she her and I've had this conversation where she's like I wish that guys and girls would be just best friends I wish that every guy would have a girl best friend and every girl would have a guy best friend because it just makes it so when you realize how much more in common you have right as people and the experience that we had to get or the experiences that we had are almost the same, it makes it so much easier to navigate, right? That space of guy and girl relationship and friendship or whatever, right? And, and then I think that that's when society will kind of wake up and say, oh, okay, like we're all just people just, you know, kind of navigating this journey of life. Exactly. So, it's kind of how you mentioned, like um, we learn so much through exposure. And I think yeah. that's what it all comes down to too. Exactly. Like having everyone have the, the empathy and willingness to look at all these different lenses in life to really right. say, this is new to me, let me explore it, versus this is new to me, let me fear it. Because like exactly. as humans, we naturally fear what we don't exactly. understand, but it's like to have that hurdle and overcome it and embrace it, I think exactly. that's what we all need. Exactly. So, well, I, I don't know if that, does that, did I kind of touch on what you were asking, Elliot? Like, I want to make sure that. <laughs> that was a really, uh, no, I, I really liked your response. What I think is really interesting is I think TERFs are focusing so much on differences 
And I think that like a lot of what you said, they'd be like, okay, but this, 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 and then they would list a lot of differences. But, but you were similarities. Taking, yeah, yeah. The alternate approach, you're saying, look at the similarities and mm -hmm. you mean both sides. And so you were pointing out similar, 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 similar. Right. Uh, yeah, and that's- Well, because that's, that's what, because that's what people, that's why people have these arguments of what's right and wrong, right? Because all they do is look at the difference in things, yeah. right? But really, if you look at, you know, how similar things are, then we would kind of, so I don't know if you guys ever seen this thing where they were, you know, they did this segment on bullying in schools. And what they did was they sort of told everybody, you know, raise your hand if you experienced this, raise your hand if you experienced that, right? Mm -hmm. they, they sort of unified these kids by letting them know that their experiences are the same, right? That a lot of people around them are having the same as experience through adolescence and, and being a teenager, right? Most of our experiences are the same. So, you know, looking at the differences in things, that's what causes the hatred and the, you know, mm -hmm. um, the disagreements and whatnot. But really, again, if you look at the similarities of things in us as people, most of us experience the same exact stuff. So it's no point of, you know, <laughs> it's no point of saying, you know, what about this or what about that? Well, those things don't matter when the root of everything is so similar. I agree with that. I, I would even argue that um, it's the dissonance that divides us, but then relying on those similarities that brings us back. Exactly. Because even exactly. when we look at things from a different perspective or something that's different from um, another party that's involved, it's bringing that understanding and relating it back towards where we are similar. That's mm -hmm. what allows us to, to grow from it. Because though mm -hmm. we may not directly experience the other perspective, we at least now have a better understanding of how to relate it. Exactly, so. exactly. And that's and until people start to realize, like, yo, I don't, I don't necessarily have had to have that experience. But if you explain it to me, I definitely can understand, you know, what your experience was like. And, you know, I can definitely say, okay, like, like I get that. Like, you know, I never knew that, but now I do. And now it may alter my perspective on some things, right? And if it does, yeah. great. But if not, even if it, even if I don't change my thought process, at least I know what the other person was thinking, right? At least I know why they thought that or why they felt that way. So, you know, when, when the turfs, they, when they argue things like you have to have a childhood, a boyhood or a girlhood, it's like, do they even really know what a boyhood or a girlhood is? Like really what, what is the definition of boyhood? Exactly. Especially when we live in a society of like, you know, the patriarchy and stuff like that. We live in a society that was meant to, you know, sort of right. have male superiority. So really, what are you saying? What What is growing <clears throat> if, if that's the case, right? If you think that boyhood, if you have to have a, a boyhood or, a, or you have to experience um, being a boy as a child, then, you know, what are you saying to, to the females? What are you saying to the feminine feminist women around you, right? Are you saying yeah. that, you know, they should still abide in this patriarchy because, you know, their experience was this, then that means you're basically saying what's going on in the patriarchy. You're saying that toxic masculinity is real, is, is true, that it that's what it is. You're saying that the patriarchy should exist completely. And that's how we all should live our lives underneath this umbrella of the patriarchy. When really, we all know that the patriarchy needs to be torn down and broken. You know sure. what I mean? So the one, the one closing statement I'll have as well, too, as um, it's based upon what you said earlier too. It's kind of like um, adjusting to like the new form, the newfound aspect of like being a man and everything, right? 
So I would even argue, uh, so for a reference point, it's because um, this argument that the turf brought up was very similar to um, Caitlyn Jenner when she received the 2015 uh, Woman of the Year Award by uh, Glamour, right? Mm -hmm. So the common argument against it would be that she didn't earn her way to being a woman. And it sounds very similar to um, what Elliot was uh, suggesting with the um, the podcast. Is that, is that mm -hmm. right, Elliot? Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So I think um, I would even argue the fact that you're going through the transition um, and actually understanding your body for a second time may be that earning point that they that they considered or, or deeming that she wasn't considered of. Because right. in addition to all of us experiencing puberty once and learning more about our bodies, now you get to kind of like experience it from a whole new perspective, you know? Right. So I right. think even my argument would be that based upon their logical argument, I would say that you guys are more than qualified because now you understood that transition process as well as understanding your biological process and right. really getting to tap into a whole second body, you know? Right. So exactly. No, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I think that, you know, me being able to, you know, experience, you know, I guess you would say natural puberty um, mm -hmm. as a female, and then, you know, starting, you know, my testosterone, it was like experiencing puberty all over again as a boy, yeah. right? So you mentioned the, uh, the strength increases, for example, like yeah. now you have another a task that you have to accomplish. Like now you have to learn how to regulate strength. Now you exactly. have to learn so many new things. Exactly. And so um, I remember it's so funny. I, I remember having this conversation with my cousin and I told him, he said, man, what is it like? And I said, dude, I feel like I'm going through puberty all over again. And he's like, yeah. really? And I was like, yeah. And so I'm telling him my, my experiences. And he's like, dude, that's exactly, you know, what I experienced growing up, like going through puberty, right? And I told him, I was like, but you know what's so crazy is that I experienced these, the, I experienced these things as, as a girl too. Like I experienced, I had these same experiences. They just weren't, many people weren't aware that I was having these experiences, right? I think what, when boys go through puberty, it's so much more evident than girls. Yeah. I think that, you know, you can see, physically see a boy changing constantly, right? But girls, you don't see that change, right? You don't really see, you can see boys becoming more sexually aroused, right? But girls are not, are but it's because girls are taught to suppress that part of them that you don't see that these urges are taking place in the background. Does that make sense? No, like, absolutely. And so that's, so when I see things, when I hear things like, oh, she, she didn't earn her way to being a woman. Well, it's like, well, really? <laughs> she earned her way to being a woman and more because you know what I mean? She, she was able to not only have that experience, but she, now she was able to bring that experience to the forefront, something that she had to suppress for a long time. Right. And, and that's really what a lot of women have to do all their lives is suppress themselves in any type of way. Right. And so she suppressed herself for a long time and then finally was like, you know what, like, here I am. Exactly. And that's what most women are doing today, right? I suppressed myself for a long time, but right now here I am. So absolutely she deserves the woman of the year award. You know what I mean? Like Agreed. it's the same thing. Agreed. And that was actually very well put too. Like just as like this this has been great, man. Like um I've learned a lot. Um yeah. oh go ahead, what are you gonna say? Oh, I just yeah, I agree. No, this is great. Yeah.
Yeah, I appreciate you guys, man. Like I said, I thank you guys for having me, man. I, I think you guys are awesome. I appreciate you, you know, trying to tackle, not necessarily tackle this issue, but just, you know, putting it out there and letting people know, like, you know, this this is an experience and, you know, sort of educating people and giving people an inside, you know, perspective on on something that they may not know about or, or something that they may be having questions about and they're too scared to ask. A lot of people are scared to, you know, <laughs> find yeah. out about transgender people. You know, they think it's gonna, you know, alter their mind in some way or something you know what I mean but, <laughs> I don't know but you know I I just appreciate you guys you know wanting to allowing me to share my experience you know with your audience and yeah. you know somebody you know take some positivity away from this no absolutely like that's the whole purpose why we want to create this space is like having conversations like these and because we don't we don't know who this conversation is going to reach but right. there's no doubt in my mind like it's going to have some good come from it it may right. be some bad but that's life. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Like you, you can't have a good hero story without a villain. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So, <laughs> exactly. So, well, y'all. So I guess we'll wrap up here. And then um I appreciate both of y'all time. And like um, yeah, Justice, this has been great. Like, thank you for volunteering the time for me and Elliot. And like um having you on has been great. Um Elliot, do you, you want to say anything in closing too? No, just thanks so much. Yeah, it's uh, it's really great to have your experience on. And like, there were a lot of issues that I wanted to talk about, but I didn't think that, you know, you would actually be like, I've lived through that. You know? <laughs> There's no, yeah. I mean, like, you know, um, I appreciate you guys. Um, if we didn't touch on all the issues, I'm happy to do another segment with you guys and you guys can dive deeper if you want. Um, it's your it's your show. I, you know, I'm just here to just, you know, give you guys my, my perspective, you know, but if you guys want to dive deeper and you guys want to do a, a different segment with, with different questions, I, I definitely have no problem with that. Like I said, I'm an open book, Elliot. So, you know, if you guys ever want to, you know, dive deeper into what it's, what, what it's like more or what, you know, I have, what experiences I've had, I definitely have no problem, you know, talking about them. I don't know, you know, how comfortable you guys are or how comfortable your audience may be. Um, but I, I definitely have no problem on, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm just as real as they come. So, you know, I'll tell you the truth. And if you guys want to know more, then, you know, we can definitely do this again whenever you guys are ready. I'm absolutely on board. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks cool. for having me, guys. I appreciate it. You know, good luck with the podcast. And, you know, it's amazing already. So I can't <laughs> wait to continue to watch the episodes with you guys for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, likewise, I'm we're thankful to have you too. So, Justice, right. thank you again, bro. Thanks for so sure. Much. Take care, guys. All right, then. Later. Right. Bye. So, to the viewers, so what's your thoughts? Should the trans experience be canceled? Let me know your thoughts on Twitter, Instagram, or on our YouTube comment section. And as always, much love and peace.